Hi, everyone. This is Scott from Prepare to Answer. I want to share some news with you about an exciting new resource that we've created called So Much More Than Sex. It's no secret that the subject of sex is one of the biggest concerns for young Christians today. That's why we've created So Much More Than Sex for senior teens and young adults. It's a four-part video series, complete with notes and discussion questions, that you can do with your young adults class, small group, or even on your own. The point of the series is to help you shift the narrative about sex away from seeing biblical teaching as little more than an outdated list of do's and don'ts, and replacing it with the overwhelmingly positive, life-giving, and eternally significant vision that the Bible gives for your sexually ordered body. If you want to get in on the So Much More Than Sex series, just follow the link in the episode description. And now we turn to today's episode. The following is a presentation of Prepared to Answer, a ministry devoted to seeing a new generation of Christians experience life transformation through a renewed mind by teaching them to think like Jesus. Can Christians be lucky? A Christian friend of mine shared how, during a family outing, their child declared what good luck they'd had after enjoying such a perfect day together. What their child said got them thinking about how often people use words like luck or karma to refer to good fortune or coincidence. Is luck a subject that the Bible addresses? Is it even something we need to think about? After all, isn't the word luck just something we hear thrown around all the time? though maybe more so certain times of year, such as St. Patrick's Day? How should parents understand luck and talk about this concept with their kids? On the one hand, saying that was lucky or good luck isn't such a big deal. They're just expressions or figures of speech. Seldom is anyone consciously considering any hidden significance. On the other hand, words do have meaning and do reflect the way we view the world. In this case, it's worth considering that belief in luck traces its roots to pagan beliefs and the occult. What is the occult? The occult refers to any practices associated with the paranormal, such as efforts to access or use supernatural powers or attempts to gain secret or hidden information outside the use of the natural senses. In occult thinking, such as divination or witchcraft, Good or bad things happen when we tap into supernatural powers that work outside the boundaries of natural laws or senses. Step on a crack, break your mother's back, we joke as kids. It seems silly because what possible connection is there between stepping on a sidewalk crack and fracturing your mother's spine? However, in occult thinking, if an action is sufficiently tuned to the supernatural realm, a connection could be made. Some Christians may be tempted to think that words like luck are just non-Christian ways of describing what Christians see as God's power at work in the world. There is a very clear reason why this isn't the case. At the root of all occult belief is the denial of distinction between the Creator and the creation. It sees the physical world as a lower or corrupted part of the divine. Divine power, therefore, is united to the universe and can be harnessed or manipulated by those with the hidden or secret knowledge needed to do so. This belief in the divine nature of the universe is clearly identified by the Apostle Paul in Romans 1 verse 25. He says, They exchanged the truth about God for a lie, and worshipped and served created things rather than the Creator, who is forever praised. Amen. The clear teaching of the Bible is that God and His creation are utterly distinct. The universe is not a part of God's mind or body or being in any way. 
Yes, he's a personal God who relates to his creation, but he exists in and of himself. He doesn't depend upon or need his creation for anything. And God only ever exerts his power according to his own eternal will. As part of the creation, therefore, human beings are incapable of manipulating or controlling God. Rather, we relate to him through our love and obedience to his son Jesus, as he relates to us in love as his adopted children. The differences between beliefs about luck and God could not be greater. Should luck become a taboo word for Christians? Opinions may differ here. I tend to lean on Solomon's wisdom when he says, Do not be overrighteous, neither be overwise. Why destroy yourself? This isn't Solomon's prescription for a little bit of sin for good measure. Rather, it's a warning against falling into the trap of hyperlegalism to gain God's approval. Enforcing a taboo list of words carries the danger of promoting self-righteous pride, something we should be wary of also. If your child says lucky when she hears about her friend getting a new dog, view it for what it is, her wish for a dog of her own. You may disagree, and that's fine. Ultimately, this boils down to a matter of conscience. When should Christians be concerned about luck? Where we ought to take notice and show concern, especially with children, is when we see superstitious or modified behaviors due to irrational fears of repercussions. This could include things like carrying lucky objects or doing or avoiding things in order to bring about an effect where no natural cause-effect relationship exists. For instance, think about hockey players who refuse to shave until the playoffs are over. Growing a beard has no causal relationship with playing hockey well. This is a clear warning that there are beliefs in powers at work which need to be appeased for protection or good fortune. Marcia Montenegro warns, If you were to examine the origins of most superstitions about luck, such as knocking on wood, carrying a rabbit's foot or lucky penny, hanging a horseshoe over a doorway, or others, you would find that these concepts were based on beliefs in appeasing gods, powers, or chance, attracting supernatural powers for protection against evil, or some other superstitious view of attracting good fortune. Luck and so-called lucky objects have nothing to do with relying on God. And this is the important point when it comes to teaching our children. We want to teach them to think like Jesus about luck and being lucky. Through media and culture, our children are continually bombarded by beliefs and messages which ultimately come from Satan. His goal is to destroy their trust in God and rob them of the gift of peace that comes from being his child through faith in Jesus. If your child begins displaying luck-conscious behavior, help them to see what they're really doing, which is saying that they don't trust God. What they need to counteract the false idea of luck is the sound instruction and encouragement from the Bible, which teaches that the only true power to protect and keep them safe comes from their Heavenly Father who loves them. As you teach your child to think about luck like Jesus does, here are a few good scriptures to have on hand for such occasions. From the Old Testament in Joshua 1.9, Have I not commanded you? The Lord says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For I, the Lord your God, will be with you wherever you go. Or verses from the New Testament, like Romans chapter 8, verse 38 and 39, where Paul says, For I am convinced that neither death nor life neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any power, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Conclusion You may feel that this issue of Christians using luck and good luck language is no big deal. And if so, that's fine. 
But before you settle the matter, consider this. Our words reveal to the world the thoughts that reside in our minds. What then does luck language say about how you view the world? What does it say about how you view God's involvement in the day-to-day events of life? In your own mind, does it bring God closer to the mundane moments of your daily walk or push Him further away? In considering these things, we'll leave off with the words of the Apostle Paul's reminder in 1 Corinthians 10.5, where he says, We are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God, and we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. The preceding has been a part of the recording ministry of Prepared to Answer. For more resources to help you become more confident in living out and defending your faith in Jesus Christ, visit us at www.preparedtoanswer.org or on Facebook and Instagram at Prepared to Answer. Thanks for joining us, and may the Lord bless and keep you.